0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. All right, well, let's take our Bibles now uh, and turn to Acts chapter 8. And I'm going to read, beginning in verse number 26, so if you read along with me there. If you would please, let's all stand together as as we read God's word. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia... An eunuch of great authority unto Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again for this day. We ask now that you would speak to our hearts as we, as we uh, delve into your word today. I pray that your spirit would have liberty to work in our hearts and minds and challenge us and stir us and convict us and cause us, Lord, to walk closer to you and to live uh, our life more intent on serving you. Thank you for this time we have now. We ask that you would bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Of course, this is a very familiar story. It's one that all Sunday school children know. But it is an important story, and the reason it's important is because the Lord took the time to record this story in the Bible. I mean, think about it for a moment. How many other things are taking place at this very moment in time that, that the Lord could have drawn attention to? But he chose, he chose to draw attention to this very event. Uh, So I must assume that there's something important for us to learn, to take away from this story. Now most commonly it's used to preach on salvation or it's used to teach proper baptism. So given the context of our scriptures today, there are many directions uh, someone can take using this same event uh, and come up with many different messages. But there are Few thi- there are a few things I, I see in this passage, uh, a few things that really just jump out at me that I believe would personally benefit each of us as God's children. So, uh, this is the direction I, I want to take today. Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone preach from this passage of Scripture focusing on what I'm going to focus on today. So, uh, I hope that as I share these thoughts with you, I hope there is... As great a blessing to you as they were to me when God revealed these to me. Now there are three characteristics of Philip. And that's where I want to focus today. I want to fi- focus on Philip the deacon. You know, as all of us sit here today, we're, we're all just like Philip. We're not all deacons. But we're all children of God. We're all, we're all laymen in the church. So as, as we sit here today, you and I, we're just like Philip. And there are three distinct characteristics I find in Philip's life that I pray God will help to develop in my life. And I pray you also will want them as well. So let's look at these three characteristics of Philip this morning uh, for just a few moments. Number one, I want you to notice that he was receptive to the word of God. Philip was receptive to the word of God. We read it a moment ago in Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Verse 27, And he arose and went. He was receptive to the word of God. Now we all understand, all of us as we sit here today, we understand that we are not going to hear an audible voice from God. God does not speak with an audible voice to men anymore. We understand that, but I need to stress that we can and do hear from God even in this day. Uh, in, In John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And he was talking there about his spiritual the spiritual voice of the Messiah. My sheep hear my voice. So most definitely the scripture teaches you and I that we hear the voice of God today. Not a booming audible voice from heaven, but we do hear the voice of God. Now how do we do this? Well we hear first of all we hear God through preaching. I'm not sure if I have these on your on your handouts or not, but you might want to jot them down. We hear from God today through preaching 2nd Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17 Paul stated notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion now i'm not standing here this morning and telling you that by hearing my voice you're hearing God's voice i'm not telling you that at all but when I preach, or when another preacher stands and preaches the word of God, the Holy Spirit makes those words, the word of God, come alive in your heart. And through preaching, God saves men. Through preaching, men are stirred. Through preaching, men are challenged. And we hear from God today through preaching. That's why preaching is it's so important to be in preaching. That's why we shouldn't, we shouldn't miss the preaching of the Word of God. Because those, that is one of the avenues that God speaks to us. He, he speaks to us today through preaching. But not only through preaching, we also hear from God through studying His Word. Through a personal study of the Word of God. John fourteen twenty six Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. When we take the, when we avail ourselves to the study of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God instructs us, He teaches us, and He speaks to us. In our heart and in our mind He He, he speaks the words of God to us. We hear from God through preaching, through studying His Word. We also hear from God through prayer. Now these are some things that many believers don't, do not avail themselves of. But we hear from God through prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, Paul writes, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I can't tell you how many times over the, over the decades that I've been serving the Lord that I've prayed and, and, and I've, I've felt the response from God to that prayer. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. But God speaks to us through, through preaching of his word. He speaks to us through studying his word. He speaks to us through prayer. So the problem today is not that we do not hear from God. We don't, we do not hear His, His booming audible voice from heaven, but we do hear from God. So the problem is not that we do not hear from God. So what's the problem today? The problem is all the noise around us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this noise distractions. So many distractions in life, isn't there? Each day as God's children, we go through life. We, we hear noise from our job. huh? You go to work and you got all the noise from, from your job all day long. You got, you got goals to meet. You got expectations that, that have to be done. And, and you, have, uh, you have all these, these pressures on you. And all this, these things that, that occupy your time and your thought and your efforts and your energy. But not only do we have noise every day in our life from our job, but we also have noise from our families. I mean, from our spouse, right? Your spouse wants your time, they want your attention, they want your resources, they they want your emotions. Your, Your children require, they require time, don't they? Kids are not just wind up toys that you wind up and let them go and when they wind down you go wind them up again and let them go. No, they gotta be watched, they gotta be monitored, they gotta be taught, they gotta be instructed, they have to be disciplined. They require all this energy, all this effort, all this time. What about, what about relationships and acquaintances? Huh? your your friend down the street's having a birthday party for their kids you got to bring yours the, the one over here is having a football party you got to go to that and you got friends over here and you got friends over there they're pulling on you here they're pulling on you there they're 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 trying to influence you they're doing all these things and can you picture all of this noise taking place around you right now all of this distraction i was i was going to see if bob could overlay sounds for me throughout this whole thing so that We'd have this, this loud hum and buzz around us that would illustrate to us exactly what we face every day in the way of distractions. And on top of all of this, we have our flesh. Our flesh is, is, is providing a lot of noise in our life. It's tempting us. It's, it's drawing us. It's luring us. It's, it's pulling at us. And we have all these things going on and all these distractions and all of this noise and we don't hear God we lose we can't hear him you know if you remember we I'm not gonna take the time to turn to it but in first Kings chapter 19 you can go read it later Elijah Jezebel vowed to kill him and Elijah fled into the mountains and he's feeling sorry for himself and he's dejected and 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 he goes into a cave to, to hide And God comes to him and tells him, Elijah, go stand at the cave. And he stood at the opening of the cave. And God sent a great whirlwind. And that giant tornado and storm came and started destroying everything. And all the sound and the great noise of it. And it came and it shook the whole earth. And then then next God sent an earthquake. And the earthquake caused the rocks to break and the ground to open. and, And all of the shaking and all of the noise and all of these things. And what did God tell Elijah. He was not in those. God is not the author of confusion. God does not work in chaos. But what did Elijah hear? Anybody know? A still, small voice. And in that still, small voice was who? It was God. You see, the solution is to filter out all of the noise. Now, it's hard to do. Right? It's hard to do because we have to work. And there's noise from work. And we have a family. So there's noise with the family. We have friends. We have relationships. We have our flesh. So how do we get all of this quieted down? So that we can hear God. Well, first letter A on your on your handouts is make. Make time to study. Remember, studying is one of the ways that God speaks to us. So make time to study. Psalm 1 verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. We have to make time. Can I tell you this? Meditating upon and studying God's word is very time consuming, isn't it? And it is a challenge to to us considering our busy schedules. I'm not saying that you guys Waste your time. I'm just saying we're busy, and if we don't if we don't make time, we will not take time. We got busy schedules, busy lives, and 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 we're not doing evil things. We're doing good things. You're taking care of your kids. You're taking them to karate practice and to to, to soccer practice and. And, and you're, 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 you're taking them to school, and you, you're over here, and you're, husbands and wives, you're spending time with each other, and you, you're taking care of each other, you, you're, you're paying attention to your job, and you're working hard on your job, as a Christian should, to make to, to honor God and make the money you make, and you're doing all these things, and you're not doing bad things. It's just, it just takes time. And it's not going to happen by accident. You are not going to study God's Word by accident. Unless you make the time every day, unless you put aside 15, 30 minutes every day and say, this is God's time. I'm going to sit here and I'm I'm not going to let anything rob me of this time. And listen to the voice of God. We have to make time and take time. But not only that, uh, letter B on your study sheets. We need to be faithful to submit. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We must be faithful to submit. Now to submit is to yield to the authority of another. So when we yield to God and when we yield to his word, we will be able to filter out the noise. Now, how can we submit? What can we do to submit? Well, first, let me say this, and this is not on your sheet, so you might want to jot this down. Develop the right priorities. Hmm? I'm a multitasker. I I do several things at one time. How many of you are multitaskers? Raise your hand. How many of you wish you were multitaskers? Raise your hand. so I'm a multitasker. So the thing about multi, multitasking is you have to prioritize. Huh? You have to put the most important things first and work your way down. Otherwise, you're going to waste time on the least important things while the most important things go undone. So you have, and, and let me tell you, in your Christian life, you have to prioritize. This is how we're going to be faithful to submit when we prioritize. When we prioritize our relationships, for instance. When it comes to relationships, it should be God first, then family, then others. Your wife, the time you spend with your wife should come before the time you spend with your buddy. huh? The time you give your children should come before the time you give your hobbies. Prioritize. In our finances, prioritize. God's, God first, then needs, then debts. That's a word we don't like, but it's there. We're supposed to pay our debts. We're supposed to pay the things we owe, the commitments we make and create. We're, we're to take care of those. So it's God, then your needs, your, your, your rent, your electric, your electric bill and your food, then your debts, the things you owe. Then you can go ahead and spend the money on whatever you want to spend it on. But prioritize, um, with our time, prioritize our time. God first and, and his, his labors in the church. That comes first. Then, then the family, then personal. We need to develop the right priorities. But also, to be faithful to submit, we need to live with a definite purpose. Live with a definite purpose. Paul wrote in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Have a purpose for your life. Our life is not a result of random chance. We're not evolutionists. We don't believe that we eventually rose to what we are from a squiggly little amoeba in in a pond somewhere. We were created with and for a purpose. We have a purpose. And we need to fulfill that purpose. Every moment of our life should be lived with and for a purpose. So remember, the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is a discerner of our heart and mind. It will lead us and it will instruct us. But to hear the Word of God, we must learn to slow down and listen. Psalm 46 and verse 10 We read, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So first this morning, I see that Philip was receptive to the word of God. But then secondly, I notice this about Philip. He was responsive to the will of God. He was responsive to the will of God. Back again in Acts chapter 8. Verse 29 and 30, we read, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? He was responsive to the will of God. The Spirit said, Go over there and, and talk to that man. And Philip didn't, he didn't just sashay over there. What did, what did he do? The Bible says, He ran there. He didn't hesitate. He didn't waste time doing the will of God. He he ran there. Everyone, everyone would be happy to hear from God. Everyone would. There's, there's There's not a person in this room that wouldn't be happy to hear from God. But how many of us would be excited about doing what God told us to do? that's the real question everybody wants to hear from God the question is do you want to do what you hear are you prepared to do what God tells you to do Matthew chapter 19 and verse 22 we read but when the young man heard this saying he went away sorrowful for he had great possession this is a story about a young man who came to Jesus and he said Lord what, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life and Jesus told him and when he heard it He walked away sorrowful. See, he wanted to hear what Jesus had to say, but he wasn't prepared to do what Jesus told him to do. And that's the case with many of God's children. This young man went to the right person. He went to Jesus. He asked the right question What do I have to do to get eternal life? He received the right answer Follow all and forsake all and follow Jesus. But he did not do what he was told. The truth is, this young man was not looking for an answer. He thought he knew the answer. He thought he was okay, just like he was. The truth is, he was looking for validation of his life. He wanted Jesus to say, oh, you're good just like you are. Just keep on doing what you're doing. He wanted validation. He was not interested. Listen to me. He was not interested in God's will. He was only interested in his own agenda. And this is the case of many believers today. Many believers today are not really interested in what God has to say. Getting quiet in here. Now you see, this is preaching. Preaching is when we start stepping on your toes. That's why we're here. You see, there's going to be times when doing God's will is easy. I mean, Philip... The, the, the Spirit said, go over and draw yourself to that chariot and speak to that man. That was easy. Philip ran over there. And there are times when God's going to ask things of you that are easy to do. And those times you'll obey. You'll do them. You won't have a problem. But what about when it's not so easy to do? What about the times when God's will is not easy? How about when God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, Take him to the mountain where I will show you, and there sacrifice him unto me. And you know, the Bible says that Abraham rose early the next morning and went on his way to do the will of God. Now, that wouldn't be easy. I mean, can you imagine how difficult that would be if God came to you and said, I need you to do something for me, and, and, and it costs us dearly? It's a, it's a great and burdensome thing. Would you obey? Would you do what God called you to do? Would you, would you be responsive to his will in that situation? You see, we must not choose whether to obey God's will or disobey. We can't choose based upon the consequences. In those times, we need to remember the admonition of James, where James, in, in chapter 1 of his book, verse 22, said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves now listen in my studies of God's word I found this that we are called upon to endure suffering more than we're more than not more often than not I mean study the word of God Abel Abraham Joseph Moses the judges David Nehemiah Esther Job Isaiah Shadrach Meshach and Abednego Daniel, and many, many more of the prophets were called upon to endure great suffering. Jesus himself, Stephen, Peter, John, Paul, and all of the apostles, the entire church at Jerusalem, were all called upon. The will of God led them into great sorrow, great sacrifice, great cost, great suffering. While it is true that many of them enjoyed Great blessings, those blessings were preceded by great suffering. But those sufferings did not deter them from being responsive to the will of God. They accomplished all that God asked of them. Paul writes in Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In fact, each of us today, in a human sense... Owe our salvation, and owe our church, and owe everything we have to these men. Now, while we understand and know that salvation is of the Lord, these men, through their obedience and through the willingness to endure the sufferings they did, have passed along this gospel down through the generations, have passed along the church from generation to generation, until we stand here today because of their faithfulness. But what about us? What about the next generation? What about these children sitting in the church? What about, what about the kids over in the nursery, toddler class? Who's going to lay the foundation for them? Who's going to, who's going to follow and respond to the will of God so that they can grow up and have a church? Who among you parents are going to be responsible enough to deny yourself, to forsake sin in your life, to forsake pleasure and walk in righteousness and holiness so that they have a chance? You know, I'm not perfect, and I don't set myself up as a perfect man. But I did everything I could while I was raising my children to show them how important God, the church, and his work is. To the point of sacrificing great things in my life so that they would see and have this church to come to today. And each one of us must pick up that mantle. We must carry that load. Who's going to do it if we don't? Are the liberals going to do it? Are the, are the teachers in the public school system who, who support uh, secular humanism and, and, and homosexuality, and, and they, are they going to be the ones that are going to lay the groundwork in your child's life? Oh, it's time we wake up. It's time we start responding to the will of God. I grow so weary anymore. Now, I didn't, I didn't intend to say that. Those notes aren't in my page here. But I felt it needed to be said. Do you love your children enough to sacrifice everything so that they have an opportunity to know Jesus? Do you think, do you think they're just going to wake up one day and say, Hey, I think I want to be saved. No, if they, if they see you drinking, if they see you carousing, if they see you uh, using profane language, if they see you watching uh, TV shows you shouldn't watch, if they observe you doing all of that, what in the world makes you think they're going to grow up and desire Christ? We've got to make some sacrifices. We've got to lay the groundwork. Philip was responsive to the will of God. But then lastly today, let me say this. Number three, he was ready to do the work of God. So he, he was receptive to the word of God. He, he quieted down his life. He, he took the time in his life to study. He took the time to, 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 to converse with the Lord. He was receptive to... He heard the word of God. He he had a quietness in his life. He he responded to the will of God. When God told him what he wanted him to do, Philip got busy and did it. But Then thirdly, he was ready to do the work of God. Acts chapter 8 and verse 35, we read, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. When the eunuch asked Philip to expound upon the scripture... Philip didn't have to say, well, wait here, let me go see if I can find someone that can come over here and teach you these things. He didn't have to do that. He was ready to be a witness for Christ. He was prepared to testify of his own faith. He was competent to lead this man to Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 we read, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. All of this happened because Philip sanctified his life to the purpose of God. Now Philip wasn't, he wasn't a, a disciple, he wasn't an apostle. For all, for, The scripture doesn't say he was an elder or a bishop. He was an average church member. He was a deacon, but he was voted as a deacon because of his faithfulness. But he was an average church member, just like you, just like me. You see, some people say, but I'm a mechanic. I'm not a preacher. I, I'm an equipment operator. I'm an accountant. I'm a construction worker. I'm a salesperson. It doesn't matter, listen, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. What matters is, are you living with an awareness of your true identity, that of a child of God? And does this awareness cause you to focus your life on serving God in every way and at every moment? Listen. You're not, a mach- you're not a mechanic that goes to church you're a christian that happens to fix cars you're not an executive who's saved you're a child of the king who happens to manage a business don't see yourself as a person that is simply saved see yourself as god's child as an heir to glory with Christ Jesus the Lord. See yourself as an ambassador of Christ living in this world to serve God and to fulfill His purposes in your life. You might fix cars, you might run companies, you might provide services to others, but first and foremost, you are a Christian. And your first loyalty should and must be to serving God and doing His work and fulfilling His purposes for you. Live your life ready for every opportunity because you never know when an opportunity will come along. 30 years ago, maybe, I don't know, I can't, I don't even know how long ago it was now. It was quite a while. I was sitting in my office one day at lunchtime And I usually closed my door because I worked in a government building. So I usually closed my door and read my Bible and ate my lunch. But for some reason that day I just left my door open. And I was sitting at my desk and I was reading my Bible and a man walked by. And he looked in my office and he stopped and he looked. And he kept on going. I said, oh no. He's going to go complain about me having a Bible at work. A moment later he came back. Walked in and closed the door and sat down and said, is that a Bible? I said, yes, it is. He said, I need to talk to you. And we started talking. And I expounded unto him, Jesus. And he bowed his head at that desk and he accepted the Lord and was saved. Became a great, a very good, still, a matter of fact, still a member of the church. in, in, in back in Patterson, where I came from. I don't tell you that story so you can say oh you're a great man no no I I tell you that story because I didn't expect at that moment to have someone come to me and 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 have to witness to them I didn't expect it it happened and you never know when it's gonna happen you never know when the Lord will send someone to you that he wants you to witness to you just don't know when it's going to happen and if you don't have the mindset for that if you don't have a readiness to, to, to work for the Lord if you, see, if you see yourself as a mechanic working on a car, and somebody comes to you and starts talking to you about Jesus, you're going to ignore the opportunity. If you see yourself as a child of God with a great truth that all men need, while you're fixing the car, you'll stop and you'll say, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about my, my friend. Listen. Live your life ready for every opportunity, because you never know when it will come along. Our churches today are filled with people who serve God as a sideline and only as long as it does not conflict with their life and they justify their failures to faithfully serve because they're not full-time servants of the Lord but the truth is we are all full-time servants of the Lord we are we are part-time teachers we are part-time plumbers we are part-time welders we are part-time doctors and lawyers Well, I don't know about lawyers, but we're part-time doctors. And we're part-time because those jobs are only temporary. But the truth is, we are eternally the children of God. And we will never stop serving Him. Ten million, million years from now, we will only have just begun to serve the Lord. I don't find part-time Christianity in my Bible, do you? Hey, let me ask you this. Are you a part-time husband? Huh? Are you a part-time wife? Are you part-time children? Neither are we part-time servants of the Lord. We are full-time children of God. Just because your paycheck doesn't come from the church doesn't make you less responsible to serve God. Let's get that foolishness and excuse out of our heads now. Philip may have had to find some employment to take care of himself and his family, but he was ever ready to stop whatever he was doing and obey the will of God and serve the Lord. And this was seen in his life as recorded for us in the Word of God. Philip was receptive to God's Word because he was faithful to listen. Philip was responsive to God's will because he was willing to do whatever God called him to do and he was ready to do God's work because he was devoted to Christ first and foremost. What about what about you today? What about me? Are we are we going to be like Philip? I hope so. I pray so. I pray that the Lord make me like Philip, that, that he make me receptive to his word, and they make me responsive to his will, and that he makes me ready to serve him, ready to work. Because that's what he wants. That's, that's his purpose for my life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy that you've given us. The opportunity that we have to be your children and to be your servants. I just pray, Lord, today as we... As we come together I didn't intend to offend anyone Lord I hope I didn't but most of all I wanted to preach your word I wanted to preach the truth that you laid on my heart I pray that the Holy Spirit has delivered that message to your people with the same spirit in which it was given bless us now as we as we leave this place today and and go forth help us to be receptive to you to quiet our lives and and listen to what you have to say to be responsive to your will to to hear your word and and know your will and do it father just do it regardless of the consequences regardless of the cost and then help us father to be prepared and ready to serve you whenever the opportunity is there to see ourselves not as part-time christians but as full-time servants of god bless us now we pray as we leave this place today in jesus name amen thank you for listening to this presentation